0: What is up, guys? Thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, E.J. Stewart. I wish I could say this is an uh, a exciting show to do, but that would be lying considering um, the tragic news we had this week with the death of Chadwick Boseman, actor who played not only the Black Panther in the Black Panther movie and various other Marvel movies, also played Jackie Robinson in 42, um, also played Thurgood Marshall in Marshall, and has just been... Uh, just a Hollywood superstar for the past four or five years. Um, he died after a long battle with colon cancer, a battle that a lot of us, or I don't, think, I don't know if anyone really knew about. Um, and it was a really sad weekend. You know, this this news dropped on Friday night. It took everybody by surprise. And I think we'll talk more about just kind of what we thought about all of that um, coming up. And we'll, we'll try to, you know, not, I don't want this whole podcast to just be, um, Sadness, You know, so we'll try to not, one, we'll try to, you know, think about all of the awesome things and awesome memories Chad gave us while he was here. Um, The the amount he accomplished fighting such a debilitating disease, I mean, he's just a legend. And he already was, but even learning that about him, it just makes it even more legendary. Uh, so we'll talk also about, you know, the good stuff with Chad. And we'll try to get to some other um, more fun topics later on in the show. But uh, but you know obviously a large part portion of this show will be dedicated to Chadwick Boseman's family. Uh, New Generation Media sends its deepest condolences to uh, Chadwick's friends, Chadwick's family, and of course his fans worldwide. And and just I personally send my prayers to uh, to all those people because this was man like you know I I know it's kind of become like the annoying meme about you know twenty twenty being rough but. This one, you know, this one felt, this one didn't feel, didn't sit right, you know. You know, death is, of course, you know, an inevitability for all of us. Um, But this one was tough. There's no question about that. Um, I wanted to kick it off talking with my guys here, Shamari and Kendall, both uh, with me today. Uh, Shamari, I want you to tell me, um, uh, one, uh, when did you hear the news and uh, what was your initial response once you you figured out what happened with Chadwick this weekend? Um, Well,
1: I got the news when you guys texted it uh, to me. Um, And, I mean, my initial response was just shock. Um, I mean, it sounds like something that would be a hoax, which a lot of people thought it was a hoax. You know, a lot of people didn't believe it. Um, You know, I knew when you guys had let me know that it was, you know, it couldn't be a hoax, because I know you guys are, are fairly internet savvy. You know, you, you can distinguish hoaxes from right, things right. that are are yeah. legitimate. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, like it, it, in one sense, it's shot. It was shocking, but it was also, um, you know, unfortunately, with the way this year has gone, I was like, I believe it. I could believe it the way everything is just not to not to be a total downer on everything that's going on. But of course, um, but yeah, the way this year has gone is just like, you know, you kind of just waiting for the next thing. But it, but I mean, it's it's horrible. It's horrible, horrible news. Um, I mean, there isn't really um, any kind of positive spin to it. I mean, uh, we lost a, a, uh, you know, I mean, of course, none of us knew him personally, but I mean, he just, by all accounts, he seemed to have been a, a wonderful person, and, and you know, through all his charitable works and the various different speeches and and uh, and just the various different things that he had done, it seems like he had touched a lot of lives in a very a very large way and you know he certainly made a big impact on screen in the various different performances he had done uh fantastic for performances uh, that he had done of a very important characters and and figures in black history so it's um you know it's really really sad uh, that this uh, that this happened um I mean, to me, it just—it just very much reinforced uh, for everyone to, you know, keep, uh, you know, really keep track of their health and their well-being, and, and try to, you know, try to catch these kinds of things as early as as possible. You know, I mean, that's really all you can do. I mean, this is such a freak kind of disease and diagnosis. Um, uh, but yeah, we just, you know, everyone. Uh, you know, just needs to really keep track of their health because you really never know uh, when something like this can just come out of nowhere and and next thing you know, it's turning turning your life upside down. So it's it's very scary stuff, but it's it's just very sad, honestly. It's a very somber time. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, that was really just my reaction to it. Was you know, how, why? Similar to when Kobe passed, you know, how yeah. this happened, why did this happen? Um, just very, very shocking. Seems it's just, um, you know, it's just not right. You know, it's really, that's really all I got to say. Is, you know, it's just not right that something like this could happen to someone that, that, that seemed to have been, been, you know, so pure of heart. So it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Same thing, Kendall,
0: you know, how did you find out? What were your thoughts once it happened? Yeah, it was tough. Um, I was playing
2: Madden. Uh, you know, right? Uh, I was playing Madden on the Xbox, and you know, just went to look at my phone, you know, uh, and went on went on Twitter, and I saw the trend, you know, whatever it was not Chadwick, you know, Chadwick Boseman. I saw all the trends with it, not Chadwick, R.I.P. I'm just like, wow, what happened? You know, the same yeah. thing that happened with Kobe. You know, it's ironic yeah. that both times. With Kobe and Chadwick Wilson, maybe yeah, I gotta stay on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. But you know, both times I just I saw on Twitter, and it was like instant, like the thing had just had they it just dropped. And when I checked, it was like the tweet from two minutes ago. I'm like, wow. Um, and so yeah, this was this was uh it was tough. Um, obviously, like I said you get flashbacks to the Kobe situation. Um, but. You know, obviously, we've had days, a couple of days to digest this. Uh, um, a lot of, a lot, a lot of thoughts. But this is uh, definitely un- unfortunate. Um, you know, it's, it's somebody that you know this is a superhero to so many people. You know, um, more than just your average superhero actor. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of superhero actors over the time, over the years. Um, but he's on a on a Mount Rushmore when it, when it comes to, like, you know, impacting society, you know, in a, certain, in a certain way. Like, there are very few that have that same type of impact. And I think that uh, Bozeman really um, solidified that with Black Panther and then, you know, the Infinity War and Endgame movies. Yeah. Um, and he was gonna. He, I think he was gonna end up on the on the pantheon of greats when it comes when it comes to uh, superhero movies in terms of um, like a top four, like saying like a Mount Rushmore. He very easily could have been on that in that conversation um, all time. Um, but you know, again, his career cut short, um, life cut short. So I mean, yeah, it's a tough situation. Um, but obviously still, still taking it all in. All the little details you hear. You know, the situation with Coogler. You know, what did Coogler do? Yeah, we'll get into that, yeah. Um, all the stuff. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, man. This was... Uh, as I said, man, this was this was tough. <laughs> I was uh, on my phone. And I really wasn't really paying attention about whatever I was doing. But I did see, like, you know, Chadwick trending. But for some reason, I just didn't really pay attention to it initially. Um, and then, you know, I started seeing, like, messages of angst from, uh, my group of friends, you know, you guys may know them as the people on the Throne Tales podcast, if you listen to our Game of Thrones podcast when that was up, um, and they were, like, you know, you know, a lot of expletives, a lot of, like, what the Fs, so and I'm just, like, what's going on, and then it kind of dawned on me, I kind of went back, I like, oh, snap, I did see Chadwick trending, and I looked, and then, uh, I saw, um all of this stuff about, you know, him passing. And um, it was just, it was just, honestly, I don't know if it still really has sunk in for me. And now we're we're recording this podcast on a Monday night. Obviously he passed away or the announcement of his passing was Friday. Um, I don't know if, uh, if it's really sunk in for me, even just now still, I think that a lot of it still is unbelievable. You know, Um, I will say that my uh, visceral reaction to the, to, to his passing was I felt like I had to watch Black Panther immediately. I know the news came down pretty late. It was like 10, 15, I think 10, 20, something like that. Maybe even later. Um, but, you know, that movie means so much to me personally and it just means so much to not just the superhero community but to the black community as a whole. Um, as I said when we talked about it when it came out, a truly, truly cultural icon. Um, you know, it's the only word you could describe the experience of that film coming out and how we all embraced it—it was—it was a phenomenon. Well, that's what I meant. I said icon, I meant a cultural phenomenon. Um, and I felt like I had to just jump back in. I had to live it and be in that space again. And it did bring me a little more comfort. To, but then it also—I think—in a sense, also kind of made me feel. it made it also feel. You know, unbelievable because you, you're watching this, you know, unbelievable performance from Chadwick as he does with every movie he's in. He's always unbelievable, even if, um, whether it's a movie that's written outstanding and it's an, it's an Oscar level kind of movie like Black Panther, or if it's, an, you know, a movie that may not be as well written or whatever. His performance is always A1. He's just an unbelievable, unbelievable artist. And, um, and, but it almost made it kind of harder to believe that he was oh, gone from us because. I'm watching him in this awesome performance uh, you know he's doing a lot of his own stunts he's flying he's jumping he's um, he's just he's just killing it and, and 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 the grace that he he brought to that role to Chala um, it just seemed like there's no way it just you know and I think you know I still say that. I'm like there's no way this could be true like there's no way that guy at age 43. could could no longer be with us with so much more he had to give not just to superhero fans in regards to the role of t'challa and the black panther but just like society i mean Shamari talked about his charitable work um i've talked about his artistry with other films me i mean how many how many our actors in this short amount of period can say that they played so many black icons like just icons james brown jackie robinson thurgood marshall king t'challa i mean just like that i mean that's and it speaks to just his talent because none none of us look at those castings and we're like oh he shouldn't have done that or why did they pick him like it was very clear as soon as you saw him in 42 why he was who he was and you know i've you know i've heard so many of these stories and i've read so much about um his upbringing coming into hollywood and you know me even reading about you know Obviously, I work in New York One. It's my day job, uh, Spectrum News New York One. And reading about him after college, living in Bed-Stuy, um, teaching at the Schomburg, which is, you know, the uh, you know, the black arts center in Harlem. And, and just thinking about him at that point, like, of course, he you know, wanted to be the, an actor. So at that point, I think he actually thought he'd be more of a director than an actor at that point in time in his career or his life. But thinking about like at that point in time, like he, he was giving to kids, he was still paying it forward, even though he wasn't the superstar that he eventually was where he could really kind of pay it forward and maybe in a larger way, quote unquote. But I could argue him being there with those kids and, and supporting them um, at the Schomburg is just as important as him, you know, doing a press run or doing, you know, a, a, a Make-A-Wish, you know, which he did millions of those, you know what I'm saying? Um so yeah, it, it's still it's still hard for me to to truly really believe it's um it's tough to imagine moving forward um without him with this franchise. I mean, we know the Black Panther franchise must live on. I think we all agree with that. Um I think we're going to table the conversation about what to do with the franchise for a later podcast, probably next week, just out of respect for Chadwick Chadwick's family and just out so of respect for his legacy I think that um there's no judgment to uh to people who are talking about that I, don't, I have zero judgment I know a lot of people are very upset with some people who are who are trying to start that conversation um I think some people have tried to start it respectfully and have still angered people and I think that it's and I think and, you know emotions are raw all around and I think we really don't know how to react to something like this and um I think is best for us um, to kind of hold that conversation, but we're gonna we're gonna still continue this conversation about Chad, but we're gonna table that aspect of it in terms of the Black Panther Fresh and what they do with the role Chitauri for um, a later show. I mean, I don't know. I don't really don't know what else to say, but um, I want I, I want to read part of uh, of uh, of Ryan Coogler's, I guess homage and his open letter talking about Chadwick. I thought it was really moving. And like what I thought was interesting, Sham, was like many of us, it appears that not even um, Ryan, who obviously for those who don't know, Ryan Coogler, director of Black Panther 1, he's expected to be, he already actually he signed on to be the director of Black Panther 2. Um, a lot of us, he even kind of alludes to the fact that he didn't even know at the very least how much Chadwick was suffering during this time period. I want to get to that point uh, real quickly. Um, he, he said, "You know, I, I want to get to other parts of it, but uh, he said, Chad deeply valued his privacy and I wasn't privy to the details of his illness. After his family released their statement, I realized that he was living with his illness the entire time I knew him because he was a caretaker, a leader and a man of faith, dignity and pride He shielded his collaborators from his suffering. He lived a beautiful life, and he made great art. Day after day, year after year, that was who he was. He was an epic uh, firework display. I will tell stories about being there for some of the brilliant sparks until the end of my days. What an indelible mark he's left us. And there are plenty of other parts uh, I want to get to in this um, statement from a sham but what do you make of that because you know there was talks about what what Chadwick's standing was in terms of his well-being when we saw some of those pictures and I think we talked about it a little bit on this show when we saw some of those pictures of him I think he did a video on Instagram which was I think again another kind of charity video or he was trying to raise awareness of something or some kind of social campaign and he was wearing the figure 42 hat and he, he did look very thin. And it did make people kind of question, you know, it, what's going on. And, then, you know, there were people making jokes and unfortunately that's the Internet. And I hope as a society we kind of step back and kind of think about what are we doing, what are we saying, how are we conducting ourselves on the Internet and, and talking about people who are real people, who are going through real things that we don't have no idea about, you know. But um, there was that pitch, that surface, Sham, and, and it did raise questions about is he okay, what's the situation, does he need help. Um, now knowing this aspect of it that it appears that not only did the general public not know and the media not know but it's se- or at the very least uh no one on the record knew anything about it it, it seems like even people as close as ryan coogler who's going to be working very intimately in and rank- Ryan writes in the statement by, he was planning black panther 2 like chadwick was going to be the main lead or at the very least in the movie again and and those those uh as he said, those lines uh, destined to never be read. As he, I think he wrote, I, you know, paraphrasing that. But what, what, do you, what do you make of that?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think it's very sad. You know, I think uh, now when it comes to him keeping everything private, um, I actually had read also that he had actually gotten married in private as well. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. So he ended up marrying his girlfriend. People, no people didn't even know that the man was married. So he clearly lived a very private life, um, which I respect and understand because I, I, uh, you know, also live a very private life. I plan on living a very private, <laughs> private life as I continue to grow older. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I can definitely relate to that as well. So, um, you know, so I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's just sad. The whole situation is just very, um, you know, it's very sad. It's very unfortunate. Um, you know, this caught so many people by surprise, um, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's very surprising that nobody knew about it, you know, just in terms of, of the logistics of everything. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get too deep into the whole Marvel, Marvel. I don't want to get into that conversation too much, but it's, it's very surprising that nobody knew. So it's, you know, there's a discussion to be had there, but regardless, I mean, it's just a very sad situation, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I think it, it speaks volumes that he didn't want people focusing on him. You know, he wanted people to embrace Marvel, to embrace Black Panther, to embrace the works um, that he, uh, that he uh, produced uh, for us to consume. So I, I think that. I think that really really uh says a lot about him um now not to deviate too much from what we've been discussing but you know i also want to point out that um you know there seem to be other deaths too. like john thompson yes um yeah, know, for coach, sure um, coach of georgetown had also passed away um for any sports fans out there anyone that, that is a fan of college basketball yes. um so Loodle i mean, Olson. Hmm? Olson, coach at arizona oh really yeah wow um and I also just read that uh the voice of Cyclops from X Men the Animated Series also died. This week? Yeah. Wow Jesus. Yeah. And it's like this is this is an, this is I don't know what's going on.
2: I mean, we but, are in a pandemic, so I mean I'm not saying that. I don't know what he died or, of. I'm not saying any but I didn't, related I didn't hear anything related to an anything but, you, but, you know, when you when you take in the context of the situation. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we don't know. It's not a surprise that there are an uptick. You know? Yeah, I yeah. mean,
0: I, and, you know, I don't know what Chad's situation was or any of these um, unfortunate legends who have all passed. Shout out to all the people Shamari just mentioned, um, um, hero-related and also sports-related. I also want to add in there, Big Cliff, uh, Big, uh, Cliff Robinson. He also passed yes. away, NBA player, played yeah. almost 17 years or whatever. He played one-time yeah. All-Star. Um, ahead of his time as a player. I mean, you want to talk about stretch fives and stretch four, man. Yeah, this guy exactly. was doing it in 93, ninety three, ninety two. Like, you know, like, um, you know. So it's it's been a rough week. It's been a really rough week. So, uh, so I want to also, you know, send my prayers and thoughts to those guys, and we'll probably talk more about some of them um, on Sports Talk. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 it makes sense uh, given. From all we've heard about Chad is that he is very kind of selfless and he very much doesn't really think about himself so the idea that he kind of you know put whatever he was going through aside and when you think about just how grueling like an, being an actor is like you're not like we're not talking about like you know uh you know oh you're just no, you know and anybody who's dealing with any kind of cancer obviously that's a debilitating uh, disease and and it's it's rough on anyone but imagine you know you know and this is also not the kind of actor who's you know older or sitting in a chair most of the time or you know not really being not doing anything physically taxing i mean he's playing you know he's in 21 bridges he's playing the black he's in avenger movies like he like he, he's doing a lot of these stunts uh he's doing all this stuff while suffering from cancer but like the idea that he never complained never said i need you know extra this or extra that um one to keep his privacy but also i think just to be there for his not just i think also his you know um okay. his crew members and, and his cast members but i think for us you know mm-hmm. as the as the, the consumers of his art who love his art uh, cuz you know you know we he he gave us 100 110% every time he was on screen and he knew that for us we needed him to be that way we needed him to be tchalla the way he was in Black Panther and Infinity War and in Endgame, like, and in Civil War. Like, we, we, the I think he knew the gravity of what he was dealing with. And it, it it's like, it saddens me in a sense, because part of me is like, man, like, you know, colon cancer is at stage three, which is when it first started, progressed to stage four. Part of me is just like, man, I, like, this man worked so much, and it's, from all accounts is what he loved part of me is like man I, I wish he could have spent that time just doing anything but work you know but maybe he didn't look at it as work i i you know that's something i don't know because i don't know him personally But when i think about all that work he was doing like he was on he was on screen all the time during this time period part of me just kind of gets sacked i'm like man he did it for us but it's just like you know if 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 his time was going to be limited on this earth i, I wish he could have um he he could have you know he I guess he didn't feel that debt to us you know what I'm saying like if that's what he wanted to do then I'm glad he went out doing what he wanted to do but I just I, I hope that he knows because um, I, I believe he's looking down on us that we we didn't need him to do that for us in the sense that like uh, he he's we we knew what he meant to us and it's just tough it's tough it's tough to even talk about you know. It's, it's um, yep. It's a tough situation, Kendall. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I also, yep. I also um um, picked, noticed about Cougar's statement, and there were a bunch of other statements. Uh, I I loved Angela Bassett's statement talking about um, how her and Chad were destined to work together. You know that when he uh, graduated, I think it was from Howard. Uh, one of his graduations that like he was the student yep. selected to. Escort her as you know one of the commencement speakers at his graduation, and just like how that, like you know, you know how that, and it's funny because like also like how like again humble he was, cause, like you know they've been working for a while and then he kind of threw that in there eventually telling her that, and it's just like if that was me, like the first person time I I talked to Angela, I'm just like hey, I was the guy who did that, you know, even him to kind of like go in there and have be like oh snap, like I even that thought it was kind of crazy, but um. One of the things that I thought, you know, in terms of Kendall, his artwork and and his uh, commitment to the role, I loved kind of Ryan breaking down a couple of things I thought were interesting. You know, one, he kind of reminded all of us that he inherited Chad, that Chadwick wasn't his casting. Um, That was a casting done by the Russos and done by Marvel. Yeah. And... He kind of was hanging out on the Civil War set to kind of see, you know, what what this was all about before he even signed on, and he spoke about, you know, the chemistry he had with um, with uh, with uh, John canny who of course played King T'Chaka in in uh, in um, Civil War, and how they they were were speaking that um, that language that eventually ended up now down uh, being the language of uh, Wakandans uh, in the movie. But uh, a key part that I thought was was fascinating was this part here, Kano, when He spoke about uh, just his commitment to the role. He said, um, he was a special person. We would often speak about heritage and what it means to be African when preparing for the film. Uh, Sorry, this thing jumped on me. Uh, Sorry, guys, this thing. There we go. When preparing for the film, he would ponder every decision, every choice. Not just for how it would be, how it would reflect on himself, but how those choices could reverberate. Quote, they're not ready for this, what we're doing. This is Star Wars, this is Lord of the Rings, but for us and bigger. He would, I don't know why I just think he's jumping on me. Apologies to the the listener. Um, This statement is like bugging out. Um, Let me see if I can get it back real quickly. Uh... There we go. Um, this is Star Wars. This is Lord of the Rings. But for us, uh, us and bigger, he would say this to me while we were struggling to finish a dramatic scene, stretching into double overtime, or while he was covered in body paint doing his own stunts or crashing into frigid water and foaming, foam landing pads. I would nod and smile, but I didn't believe him. I had no idea if the film would work. I wasn't sure. I knew what I was doing. But I look back and realized that Chad knew something we all didn't. He was playing the long game all while putting in the work and, and work he did. He, he would come to auditions for supporting roles, which is not common for lead actors in big-budget movies. He was there for several M'Baku auditions. In Winston Duke's, he turned a chemistry read into a wrestling match. Winston Duke broke his bracelet. In Letitia Wright's audition for Shuri, she pierced his royal poise with her signature humor, and would bring about a smile to the child's face that was 100% Chad. While filming the movie, we would meet at the office or at my rental home in Atlanta, to discuss lines and different ways to add depth to the, each scene. We talked costumes, military practices. He said to me, Wakandans have to dance during the coronations. If they just stand there with spears, what separates them from the Romans? In early drafts of the script, Eric Killmonger's character would ask the child to be buried in Wakanda. Chad challenged that and asked, what if killmonger asked to be buried somewhere else kendall what do you what do you what is when you hear about how closely chad worked and how much he cared about this franchise and everything that went into the production and the presentation of it what do what do that what do those details mean to you
2: yeah i mean it's 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 certainly uh it shows you it, the the level of detail. I mean, even in the special that ABC show last night, they showed some of the featurettes from uh from the Black Panther movie and Civil War and stuff, and kind of got you know, um, compli- uh, encapsulated all the different uh, discussions from the cast and crew that which Chadwick was an honest character, and you know they talked about the level of detail. I think that was Nate Moore the uh, producer talked about the little details guy put in every scene helped raise the the raise the room and raise the stakes for the rest of the, the cast. You know, they all had to up the ante a little bit knowing oh wow I'm gonna see Bozeman, this guy I can't mess around. <laughs> I'm gonna you know, he's gonna embarrass me. So um yeah, yeah, no, I mean this is uh obviously that that aspect of it um is interesting. I mean you mentioned the uh uh, cooler talking about um inheriting bozeman and uh you know how he was he was thinking about whether or not he should do back black panther and he's sitting in the disney lot and watching some some footage from civil war i thought it was interesting that they even showed him footage from civil war before it even came out and watching the black panther scene showing him the black panther scenes and him realizing yeah i gotta do this which makes sense i mean anyone that's seen that movie if you're a director and you're thinking about doing oh man i, do, I wonder if i should do this black panther movie i mean i haven't really seen this guy let me check it yes, out yes, civil
0: yeah civil war is a really great uh, pitch <laughs> pitch to somebody yeah, yeah, really exactly. good selling point um
2: so that uh that certainly was, was an interesting anecdote i agree um yeah i mean like like shamari said it's just the whole idea that like you know, we don't know. We don't know the extent to what people knew and what types of information people knew. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know, it, it, the one thing about like when you, when you asked earlier, EJ, like whether or not you know how what was the initial reaction? There obviously is. There was. There was a surprise, but I wasn't necessarily shocked because we had seen the, the picture and mm-hmm. or the video that he had put out when he was looking skinnier, and you know it just makes you wonder what other people around him knew and what they didn't know. You know, okay. did Kugler know that he was sick, but that he didn't know what he what he had? Like, did he find out with the rest of us? Because again, he's been dealing with this for four years. There's no way anyone could tell, up until the last eight months, that there was anything wrong with the guy. Right. So Googler, if, if Watchman is not telling him, if if Bozeman is not telling him, everyone's gonna think that this guy is fine. And Bozeman, I think there's a good chance people legitimately didn't know for I agree, a long time. I, I, I mean, too. I think once once the. You know, I know there's a lot of conversation about you know, oh, but Marvel and the legal stuff, and they needed to get all their, you know, you've got to sign stuff, and but if if no one knows, if no one could tell, then how would how would they know? You know, that's the thing. Yeah. Um. So, and again, he looked perfectly fine, acted perfectly fine. Of course, I'm not around him. You know, I've never been around him at all. But you know, these people around him on a set of a movie 10 hours a day, you know, you wonder if they could pick up on things, but, um, you know, and then you fast forward to the video, you look skinnier and I, you know, it almost, it almost, you almost wonder if like, that's when Kugler, for example, I can't speak for everybody, but that's when Kugler realized, Oh, you know, there's maybe something wrong with this guy. And, you know, called him up or called up people around him like, you know, what's going on? And he probably told him, Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kinda of sick, but, you know, I'm I'll be back or whatever. And the situation just deteriorated from there. Um so that's certainly one and of course there's other we don't know all we don't know. This is all speculation. Obviously there's other possibilities of how this thing could have played out. But yeah, it's just it's just it's just a it's a messed up situation, but um, you know, I thought Cooler's statement it was certainly the most uh uh detailed in terms of you know their relationship i think a lot of these people are still in shock some people still haven't even been able to put out statements i mean michael b jordan i'm not sure if he said anything but like you know uh, watching that special last night he talked about how this is before obviously he do anything this is during the filming of black panther he talked about how you know bullpen says he was 17 you know like he's probably still messed up um certainly still messed up and i don't know if you've heard anything from michael b jordan about this but uh, yeah,
1: he posted on social media recently.
0: Okay, yeah, so yeah, it, very sad. Yeah, this is this is tough. It is. It, it is very. It's, it's very tough. Um, in terms of you know knowing or not knowing, you know, I know you know I I, I always read words very carefully in statements. So when I hear details, I, I wasn't privy to the details of his illness. That I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to really. Spending a lot of time on this, but that tells me that he probably knew something was going on. Because you could say, I didn't know, I wasn't privy to his illness. He said details. That makes you think, okay, he knew something was up. Maybe he didn't know it was as grave as it was. I and I, I, would argue he probably didn't know it was as grave as he was, but he probably knew something was up. Um, it's funny for me, I remember I was, you know, after that picture had been taken, this was during the pandemic. So this must have been uh, it's August now, I probably watched this in June you know, I, I decided oh, you know what, I haven't watched, I didn't watch uh, the last episode of The Shop or well, one of the last episodes of The Shop, because you know, we have a Max now, so I'm kind of, you know, piercing through the, the app and seeing what's on there and I don't know if it was last one, but it was one of the last ones, I was like, oh, I haven't watched I didn't watch any of the last episodes I've I missed a lot of the last few, and I saw the, the last one, or one of them had Chadwick on there and he wasn't really the draw for me, but like they had, uh, it was like Trey Young, um, Patrick Mahomes, Tiffany Haddish. I want to say Steve Stott was in there. That's um, those were the main characters, let's say. Uh, oh, uh, Roddy Rich was in there, uh, rapper Roddy Rich, and um, and maybe more people. Yeah, you, you got to put the, the rapper Roddy Rich. You haven't gotten to that point. Well, I I don't I don't well look what I learned yesterday, Kendall, was <laughs> I am a dinosaur. Because I'm doing, I'm at my my day job and I'm preparing to write the news story for the MTV Music Awards. And I realized very quickly, I don't know any of these songs. And I, I, I only know like half of these people, like by name reference. I know some, only about a quarter of them by face reference. Like, if you told me this is what this person looked like, there's no way for like Doja Cat, I would be able to tell you who that is. You know, what I'm saying so, so, so I say that because so that's also. So I only say that is. I mean, Roddy Rich has like number one hits. Like I know he's a star. I'm just saying for the dinosaurs like myself who have no idea who I'm talking about when I say Roddy Rich. That's why I just said rapper Roddy Rich. People who watch this podcast, listen to this podcast rather, they they know sports. Tiffany Haddish. I mean, she's like comedian. I think she's just general media. I think a lot of people know who she is. So that's the only reason why. No disrespect to Roddy Rich. I know he's a big star. I just don't know a lot about music right now and a lot of other people don't um but anyway i only bring that up because it kind of was secondary to me but i was like oh actually how does chad look because the last time i saw him it was that picture and i remember thinking i couldn't i was trying to pin i was like damn was this video was this released before that picture or after that picture and I, I just could not remember i was trying to like figure it out um, I maybe should have done more work. I didn't like research it. But I was kind of thinking in my head, was like, was this before or after? And, you know, he was rocking kind of like a, kind of like a weird, like Afro Mohawk kind of thing, which he had, he had been rocking for the last few public appearances we had seen him. Um, but uh, I remember my girlfriend walked in and she was like, oh, Chad, looking kind of interesting there. But she was more focused on the hair. I wasn't, I didn't care about the hair as much. I was more focused on like his physique and how he looked and he looked thin but i i didn't think he looked sickly he looked better to me than he did in that picture so now part of me is like okay well maybe whatever role he was doing he's good now he's just getting back into shape or what or if he was sick maybe he's better i I didn't know what the situation was but i do remember looking at that and thinking okay he looks thin but it doesn't look anything to be worried about he just looks thinner than maybe you're seeing him but i mean again he looked much better than i had seen him before so wrapping all that up and again i don't it was recorded after the Super Bowl because I know Mahomes saw my winning the Super Bowl. So that's like, so let's say it's March at the at the earliest that this was filmed. You know, it's it's crazy to me to see him look like where how he looked there and now him not with us. That's still kind of crazy to me. It's just like, wow, I, I I wouldn't have known that man was was dying. You know, it's terrible terrible to think about. Um. Yeah, I just watched the uh,
2: movie Draft Day. Kevin Costner um, came out around uh, like, maybe like 2013 or something like that. And he's in that movie. Uh, yes, I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize he was in the movie going into it. And, you know, he plays a linebacker from Ohio State. And he does a great job in that role. And that was earlier in the week. Um, saw the movie, I was like, oh, I wow, believe in it. And later in
0: the week, obviously... Tragedy hits, you know. It's a uh, eerie stuff, but I didn't even mention, guys. Um, at first, we, me and my girlfriend, last weekend went on a hike, and you know, one of the things we do, we we throw up the you know Wakanda Forever salute anytime we're in the mountains, because we just kind of associate like mountains with Wakanda, and we threw up, you know, we threw up the thing, but we were talking about Black Panther because it was on our minds because so we knew that's what we do and I was talking to her about you know yeah like you know I'm really excited for Black Panther 2 and like there's rumors it's going to be Namor going to be involved and we had a conversation trying to try and explain to her like who Namor is and why that would be a big deal and then like we went to Chadwick and I was like yeah then there was those rumors about Chadwick and him being sick or him maybe not being in the role but they were very like nobody knew like what that was and they didn't seem to be very sourced, and that's also why this, this death was like crazy to me because i just was talking about him and his health not that long ago so i was uh that was also nasty it yeah. was like just kind of eerie you know yeah i did the, the whole and
2: that's what's so crazy is that when i watched that movie i never once thought what hell are hell he's doing you know i never once thought like oh you know remember that whole health thing like it kind of i mean and he had had episodes, apparently, medical episodes in between that, and he had been out in the public and paparazzi taking, you know, obviously pictures of him and stuff. And I hadn't been paying attention. I think the media was obviously respectful of that. Um, and so it really, got- yeah, I know, you know, because yeah. TMZ, either they, I I tend to give TMZ the, not give them the benefit of that and think that maybe they just didn't see or didn't, it <laughs> wasn't their photographers, But, um but you know the mainstream media, like a lot of people weren't privy to this, so um, you know it, it, this this is why it became more of a shock. Uh, it wasn't in the in the conversation for the last two months. It, you know that conversation really dissipated. So yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, that, definitely a, t- a tough situation.
0: Yeah. Shamar, I want to give you the last word here. How would you? And it's impossible. It's an impossible question. But I'm a I I have faith that you, with how you've talked about this whole situation, will be able to do it best. Um, how would you sum up, you know, Chadwick's legacy? Um, now that he's passed, you know, beyond, not, you know, along, you know, within the superhero
1: culture that we talk about on the show, but even beyond that. Well, I think his legacy will be one of, um, I mean, it's, it's a massive, massive legacy uh, that he's leaving on. Um, you know, intentionally or not, he may not have even known. You know, just how massive uh, of a footprint he was leaving on, really the world. Honestly, with all the all the kids that looked up to the characters that he portrayed. Um, you know, uh, with Black Panther, and I also loved his portrayal of Jackie Robinson. I remember, I remember being thoroughly impressed with 42 uh when we left that theater um you know and the many lives that he had touched it's going to be one of his legacy will definitely be one of um of uh striving to pursue your goals and also working through um challenges and and working through struggles um because i mean the the fight that that he was fighting was was greater than than any fight that most of us will ever have to deal with and he was able to do the things that he was able to do while dealing with everything that he was dealing with so you know it's one of those things where if he can do that you know why can't i you know do achieve this goal that you know um that I want, you know, by the end of the month? Why can't I, you know, uh, do, you know, whatever, you know, name whatever goal um, uh, that you want to achieve, whether it be minor or even major? So it's really one of determination um, uh, and also one of representation and of, of, of really leaving your mark and in, in leaving our mark uh, uh, collectively, you know, as, as minorities, as African-Americans, um uh on the world and kind of saying we are here. Um, you know, we can produce great works too. Um, and that that matters. So I think that's that's really the legacy that he left behind. And um, you know, there's only a part of it. Of course, the people that knew him best will probably be able to, to give you much more uh a much more descriptive and, and tell you much more about him than than I can. But Uh, Just based on what I've seen, I I can tell you for sure that's one of the that's those are some of the the many things that he's leaving behind for all of us. Kendall.
2: Yeah, yeah, I echo those sentiments. Um, You know, it's um, whenever you have these great people that uh, go early, it's always tough. Um, You know, we've had two. And uh, in, in this year already, um, two icons uh, go early around the same age, and it's tough. Um, you know, I think uh, I think we'll see. You know, I'm hoping that you know this will help, kind of hoping there is good that can come out of this. Um, you know, that's what you always hope. I think would with the the Kobe situation that we saw some good come out of it in terms of people realizing all right in a certain way you know have to you have to uh carry yourself and you know the certain, a certain certain mindset yeah a certain mindset you have to you have to go for, go with and and I feel like I'm hoping Bozeman, uh, this will have the same impact um but but yeah I mean you know his legacy will i mean his movies he's again he's made classic movies um you know people know but he's 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 already he's already he's already a legend you know once you make black panther and um obviously 42 an excellent movie and again we said playing james brown and thurgood marshall um this you know he he's already cemented his his place uh as a hollywood legend um and then you know I think that's all he I was say it's all he wanted but I think that's 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 what he wanted. You know I think that that's why he did the things he did and that's why he didn't tell people uh he didn't publicize his battle with colon cancer um because he was he it it allowed him to uh stamp his his mark and his legacy as one of the all-time greats and um you know I think the people that know will know will always know that um had he had more time, you know, he would have talking about a guy that have a you know,
0: the, the good can come out of this. Yeah, and then um, for me, you know, first of all, you talked about a good kind of having I mean, one, I think Shamari eloquently put it, very well said that you know colon cancer awareness is very important um, along with that I'll do us kind of also a additional message of, of affordable health care is important and we need to keep fighting for that as a people as well I'll just leave that there but absolutely in terms of you know, doing your early screenings make sure you're doing all you can to try to be ahead of this stuff you know it's, it's, it's deeply important cause as you can see it could touch you know, any regular person, not to say that Chadwick wasn't regular too, but you could touch any normal person or you could touch someone as big as Chadwick Bozeman. So, um, and me knowing, uh, being friends with colon cancer survivors, uh, you know, that also kinda of was a second aspect to it to me, It was like, wow You know think that people I know couldn't maybe wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have met them, uh, had they not got screened earlier. So I do hope uh that, that is something that we do take from this. And I'll just, I'll just end this with just a very quick story that I did post on social media. So if you guys follow me, you guys have seen it. Um, I'm not going to go as deep into it as I did on social media. But, you know, we said on this podcast, you know, my my introduction to the Black Panther was through my father. My dad, uh, he's a Black Panther super fan. He is his favorite superhero. And I never heard of the Black Panther as a kid growing up because he wasn't really... Um, he really wasn't out here. Uh, I didn't read comic books as a kid, per se. My exposure to superheroes was through animated content most of the time. So Black Panther, I think he may have made an appearance on the Iron Man show, which I really didn't watch as much. Besides that, I don't think he really appeared anywhere else. So, you know, by the time I got to being into the superhero stuff, Black Panther had kind of been sidetracked, sidetracked and kind of put it uh, put aside... Um, sideline was the word I was looking for, as a mainstream kind of superhero for Marvel. And my dad always talk about these stories of, of the Black Panther and of, of Wakanda and how this was so amazing. He was an Avenger and how he was equals with Captain America and Iron Man and a Hulk and Thor. And it just seemed kind of like unbelievable to me considering I, I never saw him anywhere. So I was like, how could this guy be this so great? And I've never seen him. Um... And that, you know, obviously goes into all the stuff about representation and black representation and the lack of it on television and in movies. And, um, and it's crazy because, you know, all my childhood life, my teenage life, and even my young adult life, before we officially knew Black Panther would be a movie, my dad all the time talked about, man, it'd be great they did a Black Panther movie. Like, and for me, like, I'll be honest, like, I didn't think it was believable considering just knowing, you know, the lack of black representation in Hollywood, knowing where the Black Panther stood. As I got older I started to learn more about him and read more about read more comics including him. That and you know, I I then became familiar with him, but even at that point I'm like, I don't know if they're gonna do a movie like, you know, we, we can't get Captain America as a movie at this point in time, you know what I'm saying? Um you know, we could we don't have an Iron Man, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of superheroes at that point we didn't have. So my dad's saying this stuff when I'm a teenager or a young kid or even, again, even in my young adult years, so I'm like, oh, we ain't going to see no Black Panther movie. And to think that, you know, a kid growing up in Harlem in the 70s who had his aunt make him a Black Panther action figure because there were no Black, et- Black Panther action figures out there, and of course our great aunt uh, uh, mistaken him for it being a Black Panther revolutionary. So, you know, the... Uh, you know, the doll ended up having a, you know, beret and an afro and a dashiki and all. Um, but the think that that kid could grow up to be, you know, an adult, a grown adult in his 50s and be sitting there enjoying this Black Panther movie. And to think that, you know, the kids in that last scene in Black Panther, which, again, I just watched on Friday. And it's a scene that when I first watched and it ended the movie, I was in tears when I first watched it. I don't know if you guys even knew this, we all watched it together. It just was a lot to take in, that whole movie, and then that to be the last scene. But I think the reason why it still sits with me today is because I think that people as old as my dad and even older could be so touched and be so impacted by this artwork that is so authentically Black and authentically African. And... That Also, the kids in that scene, the representation of that scene of T'Challa, seeing those kids, realizing that it's time for him to reach out and tell these kids who he is and be an inspiration for hope and be um, a source for these children who are, are not as uh, privileged as maybe the children of Wakanda. You think that you know kids around the world, in our real world, not the fictional world that is the Marvel Universe, also feel that when they see the Black Panther and that representation how much it means to them and how they won't grow up like me thinking that a Black Panther movie is impossible because they got to see it so when it comes to some other black hero or want to see another black person or, or a black art or black culture take uh, center stage it's not so far fetched because if you're kidding me it was it didn't It didn't seem like it was possible cause we, I, I never saw it he was almost blackballed it felt like in terms of how we talk about this culture, and to see the generations that this act, this characters in characters uh, impact spans, and to see that—not to say that another actor couldn't have done a great job—but to, to know, especially hearing all these stories about Chadwick, how instrumental he was in making that happen, and I would argue indispensable he was in making that happen. It's uh, it it it's like, it's inspiring. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's all, it's just, it's it's really all inspiring It's really the only words I can think of. But then also, again, it brings me sadness because you felt like this is a ride that should have been going on forever. And it's up to us. It's up to just like when we've had all these other greats pass at young ages. John Lennon's, you know, obviously, you know, your civil rights leaders—Martin Luther King, Malcolm X's, John Kennedy's, you know. But, um, you know, Tupac. Like it, it's up to us. It's up to me. I take pride in thinking that it's, it's going to be up to our generation to make sure Chadwick's, le- le- Chadwick's legacy and his legend, you know, transcends time. I know we will, because he's touched so much. And you can see just from the reaction to his death. But when I think about just like the generations that this man's artwork impacted on such a profound level. Like on a visceral, personal level, it wasn't just oh that was some cool thing and you you move on. Just something that was just unforgettable. And and like yeah, I don't want to minimize his other roles. He had other amazing roles too. But just talking just about the Black Panther here, that's the part that just sticks with me. And I'm just like, wow. Like I know there are plenty of other kids uh, that were like my dad, whether they were in Harlem, whether they were in. Houston, Texas, whether they were in Atlanta, yes. whether where anywhere else around the world, you know, they they, they, they they had that same dream and they got to see it realized. And then there were also young kids as well who now grew up thinking, what's this? And being first introduced to the Black Panther in this unbelievable spectacle of an Oscar-nominated movie. Just like, what more can you say? It's, it's an incredible legacy. Chad leaves behind. Once again, my condolences to his family um, and my prayers to to his family as well during what I know has to be an extremely, extremely difficult time. This is, uh, there's absolutely no way to segue into anything after talking about the greatness of Chadwick Boseman. Um, we'll do our best, though, to continue on the show. Uh, we're going to start talking about uh, DC fandom. So uh, we'll get through these topics quickly before we get out of here, guys. So, um,. Obviously, we didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, Full disclosure, we had some major technical issues that actually were the reason why you didn't get one. We planned to do one. I know you guys, if you listened to the one previously, you know that we did a bunch of YouTube videos, and they're actually on YouTube now. We did a full series talking about everything that came out of DC fandom, at least the big stuff, and, and, and a lot of that. Uh, you know, involving the Batman and Zack Snyder's Justice League, and the Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman—all that stuff—is on our YouTube channel, so we definitely point you to check it out. We wish we could have got you know a little more conversation out of that stuff on the podcast last week, but we we had a technical issue and, and, it, and we weren't able to put it out. But um, but just quickly, just now that we now had the numbers from DC fandom guys, uh, according to Variety, a total of twenty two. Million views across 220 countries for this event. That was a you know a first time ever situation. Um, the the views for you know movies like the Batman and Justice League, the Snyder Cut in terms of the trailers online, they've seen upwards of 150 200 million views. This seems to have been an unmitigated success in my eyes. Sham,
1: do you agree with that? yeah I'm definitely in agreement uh, even as the event was going on live it was it was it was every. I mean it was trending online basically all day various different things that were being revealed during the event various different trailers different games um, so yeah this was definitely a, a massive massive success in terms of its reception um You know, it kind of gives, uh, you know, I don't know how, how gassed up Warner Brothers is right now, but it kind of gives them the idea that look, they can, if they want to have their own D23 type event, I mean, they could. People would go. People would, people would fly over (laughs) to go to that event. Uh, Whether it's open to the public or just to the press, people would want to go. I mean, they have the content. They've shown, I mean, they'd be able to put on an all day event like this. And then to not even have that be everything. Yes. Um, you know, to have that just be half of what they have to show us. I mean, they usually, you know, have a let's save a lot of stuff for Comic Con, which I think is good, and I hope they do. I don't want Comic Con to not have anything. Um, but it also shows that, you know, they may have enough content to actually have a separate event just for them uh, and for their content. So they may be they may have so much similar to what what Disney does. Um, to where they can kind of split things. So, well, okay, this will be shown at this event. This will be shown at our event, and you know, so, um, so yeah, they could possibly do something, do something like that. But, uh, but yeah, this was obviously a massive, massive success by all. I think by all accounts, this was clearly a a big win. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that this is uh, Fandom was a to me was a big success. Um, you know, they they obviously had a lot. Uh, in terms of the production, you know they put a lot into it, and shout out to the whatever shadowy uh, IT groups and you know whatever other uh, types of companies they outsourced this event to. Because I can guarantee you, DC didn't put this together with the ten people that work there now. Um, so it's it's uh,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Um. So no, yeah, this is um. This was, this was definitely uh, impactful. Obviously, if you want to get our panel-by-panel panel reaction, uh, you can check out our YouTube channel. But, uh, you know, Shamari mentioned the, the impact for DC, which I think is definitely relevant, what they could see. They see, you know, how their voice moves and how they can really, um, you know, in the future, profit off of this. And, you know, uh, this could be a good avenue and a good event to continue. You know, it seems like they will. It sounds like they keep saying, oh, this is the first fandom, I and mean, I don't think it'll be a lot. Um, but I think that this is also eye-opening for other companies and other studios. Um, you know, I think the one that, to me, makes the most sense immediately to be like, should we pivot to just doing something like this is Star Wars. Um, you know, there's no Star Wars celebration. It would make plenty of sense for them to do something similar to what we saw from DC fandom, but you know, I think Marvel has to have that conversation, maybe not now, but maybe at the start of the year, saying, why don't we do something to kind of give people something in January or something like that. Um, I think, so Marvel has talk about it. I think even other movie studios uh, and other different properties could do events like this. And it doesn't have to be an, ev- an event like Fandom where you're showing off a million different projects or properties. It could be an event for one movie, but it could be it would just... Uh, an event showing it off just like we had um at ccxp with wonder woman where they had that panel and that was like mm-hmm. a big deal yeah um so yeah i think that you could do this for other movies i think that um there's certainly a uh this is a great idea there's certainly a thirst for this kind of stuff people are all home for the most part like um people looking for stuff to watch so um yeah i thought this was a good idea
0: yeah i mean you know this was uh, this was this was huge. I mean, you know, as Shamari mentioned, the engagement on social media was just massive in terms of people that were tuned in and now people that were plugged in to, to what was going on. Um, you know, I wish there maybe been a little more clarity in terms of understanding, you know, exactly what was coming next and, and, and maybe more like, you know, you know, coming up at three o'clock or coming up at five o'clock or whatever, you know, like that could've maybe gave us a little more know guidance for those who didn't have like the website up or didn't try to put you know a schedule together like I did on my phone um you know it's uh that was only probably my only critique but otherwise because then you know it's stuff that you know you don't care about it. you're like oh I could have skipped this and now like you're skipping it but you don't know when the next thing's coming up like you gotta look it up you know that would have been a little better but that's 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 really it for me I, I thought everything else was fantastic this was an absolute win for dc um, I don't think cons are dead per se, but we don't know what the world can look like post-COVID. Like, we're in a position right now that obviously is very bad. Um, I guess whenever post-vaccine and most of the people take it, whatever that world looks like, that's probably something that we're going to be talking about. I'm thinking, like, spring of next year. I don't know if, like, conventions are going to be the smartest thing just as a business model. Like, I don't know if People are going to be eager to be crammed into a convention center, you know, you know, elbow to elbow for hours or or if states and cities will even allow it, even after the pandemic. Like this, I think, is going to be the kind of thing we need to be seeing from companies for at least next year and maybe even beyond. Conventions will come back, but I don't I don't I don't know it's going to be as soon. So um DC deserves credit, man. They were they were quick to the punch. I feel like sometimes when it comes to promotion, Marvel I feel like Marvel sometimes is kind of behind DC with this kind of thing, like this like getting your trailer, getting your content out to the fans in a way that makes them excited. I think that DC has always done it a little better. I think that's why their fan base is a little more even like rabid, even if it's smaller, like. I think there's a sense of, like, what's the word? Like, the approval rating for, like, fan treatment for DC, I think, is, like, super high. I think people, you know, Shamari talks about how his experience with the DC Universe app and how much he loved it. And just how much, uh, you know, Marvel kind of runs itself like almost like the New York Yankees, in a sense. Where they are kind of buttoned up. They're not going to tell you everything. You kind of have to wait until you know they feel ready to show you some stuff and even then it's still going to be kind of like to the vest. You know DC I think the fan engagement is a, is a lot better, you know, the actors and directors do Q&As with you know on Reddit and on Instagram live all the time. They're all out here and I think that kind of thing, you know, honestly they've had to make up for some lackluster movies to start, you know, this new iteration of DC movies, I think that that's kind of made up for it. That fan engagement. I think Marvel needs to think about doing the same because they, they you know They don't have to do anything, but I I just think that DC killed them on this thing. Like I I didn't think anything about Marvel at all that whole weekend. And the days after it, didn't think one thing about Marvel. And that's... I know they say it's not competition, but that's not good. I I know if I told Kevin Feige that he wouldn't feel good about me saying that that DC and all the content they put out there just made me totally not even think about the number one, you know, number one show in the game right now. So I, I think that they got to think about that. But shout out to Warner Brothers in DC and shout out to all the creators and the, um, and the people who, who, who participated, uh, you know, obviously Patty, Patty Jenkins, Gaga Gadot, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, James Wan, Patrick Wilson. Uh, I can literally go on forever. Obviously Matt Reeves was spectacular. Um, The cast of Shazam, um, Fury of the Gods. Obviously, that's shout out to Zach Levy there, and the video game people. All awesome stuff. The cast of Titans, um, really cool stuff this weekend. I'm glad that, or last weekend rather, I'm glad they uh, they put that together. One of the big stories that came out of that uh, of that um, convention or virtual experience, whatever they were calling it, is the news that uh, DC is very much. Considering putting forth a static shock movie. So this was revealed at uh, a DC FanDome panel uh, with Reg Hudlin. Who said that there were serious conversations about bringing Virgil Hawkins to the big screen. For those who may not know who static shock is. Because maybe we have some younger uh, some younger people. Or maybe we have some really old people who weren't really paying attention to the late 90s or early 2000s when this happened. But static shock a superhero created by uh, Miles o Media and DC Comics in the 90s, and he had an uh, animated series in, on uh, WB in the early 2000s. The series, as I read on Variety, had uh, won multiple Daytime Emmy Award, Emmy Award nominations, or received, rather, uh, Emmy Award nominations, and uh, is really one of the first major ventures of... Uh, featuring a, a, a superhero series that had a black protagonist in Virgil Hawkins, a high school kid from um, what was this town, champ? I know you know off the top of your head. What was the city he was from? Uh, Virgil? That you don't know? I, don't I thought you would have known that. I don't oh. know if they,
2: they they probably got into it, but it was very rare. Yeah, I feel they, like they always talked
0: about the town. Am I just making? I, I'm just making that up. It I feel like the neighborhood of the, the city they lived in was like a big part of the situation. I don't know. Either I'm right and people are saying Dakota City. There you go. I knew it was. I knew it was. You it. yeah. Dakota City was a big part of the show. I was like I couldn't remember the name. Anyway, yeah. I, I remember it. Yeah, yeah it was a part. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so this was this was uh, this was big news. Did you guys know that James Marsden voiced uh, Gear? Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, James Marsden, I mean he's voiced he Well this everyone.
2: isn't this isn't James Marsden Cyclops. No. Yeah, this is the other James Marsden who voiced like
0: <laughs> Tino like, B yeah. from
2: the Weekenders and other yeah. So I didn't you know, know it I didn't know he voiced him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> yeah, no. no. Yeah, two James Marsden I, like, I, I figured that out
0: like maybe like three, four years ago. I was like, wait, wait, what?
2: <laughs> James Marsden's on like the weekenders and static shot? Like,
0: and also, yeah. a massive shout out, of course, to Philomar, who is a legend. Shout out. Who, oh, uh, yeah. Who uh, played, you know, <laughs> Static. Uh, Sham, what do you think? Static Shock movie. Thumbs up, thumbs down.
1: Oh, I'd give this, you know, I'd give this fourth thumbs up if I could. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is huge. I mean, me and, and, you know, unfortunately, as you mentioned at the top of the show, me and Kendall actually talked about this, but we, it never made to air. But, um,. But I mean, this is this is huge. I mean, Static Shock was like, um, I mean, I, we love Static Shock. I mean, EJ, you remember, right? I mean, we, of course. we love yeah, Static Shock. We've seen Shock. every episode, basically. you have seen every episode. A lot of the multiple Static times. Static Shock. <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> you know, and it's, it is. Oh, uh, it's boy. groundbreaking. It's something it's groundbreaking. we talked
2: about on this show for for years whether or not it be live
1: action, animated, yeah, you know, Black Lightning, yeah, you know, Black Lightning, and and I mean, it it really goes to show. I mean, it really characters like Black Panther and such. I mean, it means a lot. Yeah, you know, I mean, I growing up, I was like, boy, I I never imagined I'd see like a hero. Static shock, like it was, it was real. Like he, you really noticed. He had like the coolest outfit. Oh yeah, that and costume. His powers. Was, was, I was like, I man, remember his his
0: second, second costume. costume was his first costume flames.
2: Was cool. Yeah, and then the, the second costume with, with, the, the, second black, costume the, with black.
0: the black. Yeah, the second costume was was all the flame emojis, man. That's one of the best character they designs.
2: The, the show had three different theme songs.
0: It they were had, all great. All the theme songs were great.
2: All, 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 of them joined slap. I think all three right now. That's all memorable. Every yeah. single one <laughs> of
1: those theme songs were amazing. They all slapped. All every single one of them. The all the characters were dope. Yes. Side
2: characters. The freak of the week model, I can't say it was invented by Static Shock, but it was for me like the introduction to yeah, that model me, being honestly. like, like usable and workable and yeah. being good. Typically, see the you know, freak of the week thing, like ah, you know, another ah, another, you know, metahuman or whatever. Yeah. And but Static Shock, like the each character. You know, one episode, it was the, you know, the the star football player. Next yeah. episode, it was the teacher. Next episode, it was the big CEO. Uh, yeah. Like, they and the all... ability to
0: do the Freak of the Week, but also maintain a linear story. Because, like, you had other shows that did Freak of the Week kind of stuff, like the old Super Friends and stuff. But, like, it, it was just, like, every episode was, like, one episode.
2: Right. Like,
0: right. it didn't matter. Like, and even, like, Batman the Anime Series, you could argue, also, it was, like, kind of Freak of the Week. But, again... It, it, there was no linear storytelling really yes this was
2: this yeah. stayed within the community right. of like you said dakota right and,
0: and the things that also, happened in it previous it episodes matter
2: what happened in that first episode where the big bang happens and they all tie in each character which by the end it all wraps it all wraps together very beautifully and then and then obviously we, we don't even get into the crossovers which is like i think the like the the, the best moments of static shot the episodes with Batman, uh, the episodes with the Justice League, the episodes with Batman Beyond. I mean, yeah, Static Shock, the
1: animated series, is, a, is, a, is an absolute classic. People, people are already coming up with their dream castings. All right. Who are the names for? People are pulling right? up Caleb, hey, Caleb McLaughlin from uh, Stranger Things. Okay. As uh as a, a potential Virgil Hawkins. Uh, Jaden Smith. I'm guessing he's too old now. You know, that was that was the old yeah. one. I mean there's one guy I said Corbin Blue. He's, <laughs> Corbin <laughs> Blue is definitely that. That's That's
2: Um that's funny though. Uh no, yeah, I mean look, Shamari, like say like EJ, you mentioned um, you know, we had recorded a version of, of Hero Talk earlier in the week where we talked about this and yeah. you know, I told Shamari back then the only issue I have with this the only issue is again it goes back to the conversation I think they were a little late to the punch with this 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 could they could have done this right. three years ago I
0: think yeah that. absolutely
2: and it still could be huge but I think a static shock movie or a static shock in general if you're
0: gonna do static shock would be best as an animated movie and it's funny you say that because that can listen some what I was gonna talk about but go ahead right but
2: at this point we've already seen spider so you could do Static Shock, and Spider-Verse obviously, you know, beat them to the punch with having the young black superhero. And we saw the impact that that had. And Static Shock could have had a similar impact. It wouldn't have been as big because of the Spider Man aspect, but it would have been close. So now you could do you do still you could still do an animated static shock movie, but there would be some of it, oh, just another Spider-Verse. You know, now you're trying to really measure up to that bar, which is super high, which it could still be good, but not every animated movie is good at Spider-Verse. That's the top five that we've seen in probably the last decade. So now you're left with two options that I think were less ideal, which are you could do a static shock live-action TV series or live-action movie. I mean, you could do it an, another animated series. I mean, I'd be fine with that, but that's not a moneymaker in their eyes. So, you can do a live-action series or a live-action uh, movie. I tend to think live-action series is the best of those two. I think a live-action movie, because of that Freak of the Week model, I don't know if a static shock movie, you do it well. Um, you know, it's that is still something... Like, I think if they're trying to make money, I think the the the, the movie is the way to go. Because... We haven't seen that character yet. We haven't seen that live action young black superhero yet. So they could still, like Marvel's still kind of, and Sony are still sleepy with Miles Morales when it comes to the live action uh, character. So they could really jump in on that and say, you know, we're going to, they beat us to the animated punch. We'll go and hit them with a live action movie. And that could be great. Um, I do think Static Shock's character, at least from what we've seen in the animated show, will be best around in animated uh or a live action tv series like it could be the flash like times 100 like it could be black lightning times 100 you know like at least initially and i think as you work on as you work on the show like you know i'm always you know worried about the berlanti uh cliff so (laughs) but it could have a star girl like season one i think absolutely so um yeah i mean that would be the way to go and I think honestly all three could be would be fine with me I think it's all three are better than not having anything status shot but uh, I do think initially they should have probably gone with the live act the animated movie it's a little late too low too late for that now um so you gotta choose between live action TV or, or or movie and the live action movie is the one that you know generates the most uh it creates the most uh creates a milestone that hasn't been really achieved yet so mm-hmm. that's where I think they will go and I think that um, it makes the most sense at this point
0: yeah I mean you, you know you, you touched on some things I, I really wanted to talk about but yeah I mean I, to me this is this is the answer to spider verse and man this is another example of what I don't know if it's if it's by desperation or saviness but there's another example to me of dc beating marvel to the punch in an area that they should have owned like there's no excuse to not have beyond just a black panther a black teen story that's live action in that space it's like the idea that Nobody, that, that there's no superhero occupying that space right now, and you're Marvel, and you've done I don't know how many movies, at this point, is is, is no excuse for it. And it kind of reminds me of the Wonder Woman situation, where it's like, how do you have Scarlett Johansson right there, and somehow DC is the first to the punch with a Wonder Woman movie? Now, we can talk about DC, of their rollout of the DCEU, but nonetheless, that seemed like another example of kind of Marvel... <coughs> Excuse me, Marvel. Um, <clears throat> being being a little bit asleep at the wheel. Uh, yes. I I don't I don't I don't think this should be an animated series or animated movie or a TV series. I think that this needs to be a movie. I do get the aspect of the Freak of the Week thing being essential to the show, but this is a totally different project. So you could, um, and this is a character that while yes there is a canon, I mean you, you have more, you can take more liberties with canon. With this character and any other superhero, that would probably be greenlit for a movie, because the canon is not that long. It's very short. It was very new. So you could make someone his arch nemesis and make it believable, make it make sense, and it'd be a great movie. I don't. I'm not concerned about. Oh, I want to see Band Man, and then I want to see you know Ebon. Like I, I don't need to go through the 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 you know the Rose Gallery in one movie or feel like oh I want to see that through 20 episodes. I, I don't need to see that. You could make one villain or two villains. Great in one movie, and that can be fine. Uh, but it goes back to what we talked about with Black Panther. Um, that representation is missing. Um, it was great to see that, you know, that, that adult, you know, superhero. But, you know, it, it's, he's not he's not American. You know, he's African. He's from a fictional country. And and while it's unbelievable and it's great that African culture was put front and center the way it was... Um, it is kind of crazy to me that we're in a space with superhero movies and we don't have any... you really don't have any kid heroes besides Shazam, I guess. And we don't have any that are Spider people Man. of color. Yeah, you have Spider-Man. He's one. That's fair. You have Spider-Man, but he's white and he's Spider-Man. He almost transcends age. Like, to me, there's a space for the teen superhero that is still kind of empty i don't like no one thinks shy static shock competing with spider-man but there's a space there that to me clearly should have been occupied already by marvel with miles morales now they went the animated route and which turns to sony going the animated route and i don't think that they would necessarily complain they won an oscar for doing the way they did but from a monetary standpoint they're gonna dc could make bank doing it this way um they do it right they do it well Static Shock is, is extremely... His powers are very much like kid-friendly. His look is very kid-friendly. Um, and, you know, you know, black is in, so to speak. I hate to say it like that. But, like, you know, that... Trying to, to to beef up representation, trying to put black culture in the forefront and some of the conversations we're having and the nuances that you could have in a Static Shock movie... It could just be really great. I think that there's no question about it. I I don't think that this should be a, a show because I think that we have to, the Flash already happened and the Flash stole. I don't want to say stole, but the Flash is, is a, a very inspired by Static Shock. I think anybody who watched Static Shock that watches CW Flash, it's very clear how, where they got a lot of their ideas from in terms of like yeah. setting up season one.
2: Now I think I think you could do it similarly and still do it
0: different. Um, well, I was going to say, that's you that's have that. static shot. Stri- well, before I finish, Kendall, I want to say you have the Flash, but you also have Black Lightning. So now, right. like, that's like, okay. Yeah, like, it's going to feel like a mix. We're yeah, about, like, we, we, some but, of these, and like, we have some younger characters in Black Lightning. So, how much is this crossing over similar powers, you know, black people and black, you know, storylines front and center, and a lot of the similar influences with the Flash? it might just be a lot. I don't I don't think I don't think that we need to see that. I think a movie makes more sense cuz it will feel a lot more separated from the uh from the from the uh from the not only from the flash and and also the uh the cartoon that preceded it. But I'm excited, man. I hope that they do this. I think that they will do. It. I think that's the only reason why they mentioned it cuz they want they know that they are really excited about the project. Uh it's probably a little that's not too little too late, but like it, it should have came a long time ago. Some kind of thing with Static Shock because, you know, I think one thing I will think I do think is that, man, also DC really does listen to the fans because the Internet has been talking about doing some kind of Static Shock project for a long time. Like This is not like out of nowhere, like they're saying, oh, they should do Static Shock or they should implement, implement Static Shock here or there. And you know, even the idea of putting Static Shock in, in in Young Justice, even though he's had kind of a big role, has excited a lot of people like like, you know. I'm not saying you should just, you know, dictate all of your business decisions from the Internet. But if so much of what you do is based on fan engagement, they should have seen a long time ago that this would be a winner. And I think the reaction in the news that they the fact that this was still a story, even despite that you dropped the Batman, you dropped, you know, new Wonder Woman trailer. You dropped all this other stuff. The fact that this still pierced through as a major development from DC fandom shows you how much people are thirsting for this kind of content. Last story of the day guys uh, Man it, we, it is finally here <clears throat> I, I can't believe it I, I do not think we would get to this point Guys but New Mutants Has indeed been released In theaters And boy Are the numbers And the Critical acclaim Not pretty Or there's no lack The lack of critical acclaim There isn't a lot of excitement for it So the movie <laughs> opened up At seven to eight million dollars yeah. Depending on what you look like uh, in terms of the weekend box office. Um, the Right now, the Rotten Tomatoes score is at 33. I've seen a lot of people say that this is the worst X-Men movie ever. Um, I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised it's this terrible. And I, may, I probably sound crazy saying that. But a lot of people are saying this is really bad, even for lower expectations. And I thought that their last few trailers really did hit. Well, I think that's why there was kind of a little bit more excitement around this, the project. But man, this is this is not good. And what do you make of like the seven million dollar opening weekend for the box office? Like, what is? How do you guys? I'll go to Shan first. I guess how do you guys like think that will impact how we look at these other superhero movies that we're supposed to have coming out in the fall?
1: Um. I'm sorry, EJ, can you can you say repeat the question?
0: Yeah, sorry, no, I was just saying like, you know. Yeah so sorry guys. I was just saying how like with that seven million dollar um box office number, what what do you what do you make, Sham, just of like what that means for mm-hmm. these other superhero movies you're supposed to be seeing come
1: out very shortly? Yeah. Um so I mean I think it I think it really kind of goes to the overall sentiment that you know that most people are having nowadays when it comes to um not just superhero movies but just movies in general um you know that people are people are ready to go back to the movies right now i mean i think it it, it speaks back it goes back to that kind of overall general conversation of that now new mutants hadn't had very good fanfare um it had got it had it had gotten better buzz i think lately or as good as it probably could have been at, at this point, it had dragged on way, way too long. Anyway, um, but even so, it, it was kind of doomed to fail. Even once the pandemic started, it was doomed to fail. You know, so I think any what any amount of money that they could have made on this, they're just gonna take. So, um, I mean, when it comes to superhero movies coming out i mean of course there's uh there's wonder woman black widow um now those two movies are going to be better than new mutants i haven't even seen new mutants and i can tell you pretty much for a fact that those movies are going to be better than new mutants um yes but even even so regardless um you know, it does, you have to think about, OK, who's like who's going to see this movie, depending on where we are in terms of the virus, which doesn't look like will be much better uh, at that at the point when those movies come out. Um, you have to think about who's going to see that movie. I would have gone to see New Mutants, uh, regardless of what, of what the reviews were saying. I would have gone to see it, um, but I didn't go to see it because of. Of the virus. <laughs> so it's like you have to think about that's something that that you have to think about. So um that's something that these companies have to think about. Um, now, I understand the directors and the creators wanting their movies to come out the way that they were intended to be seen. Uh, but you know, at some point, you know you kind of gotta think about just the reality of what's happening. And you know, the bottom line, of you know how much are you really going to make? How much is the company going to lose uh, by trying to release this? Um, this at least domestically. Now globally, you know, I'm hearing Tenet may have done better globally. Yes, in terms yeah, of like the forty-one, 41 million, million, I think was the number I saw. I saw um, Fifty-four. So, I mean, globally now, I mean, of course, the U.S. is kind of flopping in terms of its COVID response, but globally, <laughs> um, you know, the situation seems to at least be, be being, be, is at least generally being handled better than it's being handled here. Um, you know, some people may be at least in the middle of this pandemic whereas we seem to still be in the first phase or beginning portion of the pandemic based on what people are saying this is what i'm hearing and experts and whatnot and what i and what i'm researching with regards to what's going on so um so i don't know i I, it's it's a decision that they'll have to make um but but they have to weigh all those options and whether they want to release something globally then either wait domestically or maybe have some kind of um you know I don't know if they can split releasing it online and releasing it in theaters and other places. I don't know. Uh, but that's something that they'll have to explore.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the the, the New Mutants flop is not something that I'm surprised about at all. Um, you know, I've talked about this being a movie I have I've no interest in for months. Um, and, or years, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long it's been. on am track. But, yeah, no, I mean, this is not surprising. Once... They didn't put this in the MTU. It was that was the nail in the that was the nail on the coffin in terms of any interest. Um, it was gonna be a one off. Like this movie was filmed like five years ago. Like how? What, it, there, a lot of times people go to see movies that they know have like a future. Um, or unless if the unless the word of mouth is like like outstanding. This is the reason why like, Dark Phoenix was awful in the box office. Like they knew, everyone knew this was the that was the last one. So it was like why well, do not have to see this? it's not a great movie they're not making another one so what unless, unless you really love the, there are people out there that that do like that franchise um like we saw it but new mutants is a little different this is now now you're now, now you're really testing all right how much do you really love the x-men you got to see this movie it's like wow i don't know if i love the x-men that much uh especially during a pandemic <laughs> you see new mutants
1: um, Put on a hazmat suit to see new yeah mutant. man.
2: It, it, look, I look. Anyone, people can make. I don't even want to see people make their own choices, like you know. But what I, I will say is, like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna excoriate anybody on this show for going to see new yeah, music. Maybe they me. did in a, in a safe way, you know, whatever. But um, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, this was this was a, this was a flop. Now the the thing that I did thought was interesting. I tried to do the math, and I don't know if this is. Um, I don't know if you can equate New Mutants exactly to, say, Black Widow or Wonder Woman or Tenet or some of these other movies, Um, but I tried my best to do so. I'm I'm just going to say, you know what, let's assume that that there's going to be pretty much little to no difference between Black Widow and New Mutants. So I took the February projections. For New Mutants, which had it at around anywhere between fifteen to twenty-five million, so I took that twenty-five million. I was like, um, okay, take the twenty-five million and compare it to what they ended up with, which was um, seven million, which was, I believe, twenty-eight percent of of what they thought it was going to be, um, mm-hmm. back in February. And then compare the opening weekend, and then compare that to Black Widow, which in February the projections were at 115, or this was March actually, early March, but this was before the pandemic, not taking into consideration like, oh, you know, everything's going to be shut down. They were at 115, seems like a reasonable number, seems like that would have been the number regardless. 28% of that. I believe, uh, this is off the top of my head, but I believe it was like forty something percent. Um, um oh and that, it was like forty something million. million. It was like forty two million. Um thirty two million actually, I believe. No um I don't know if that's the if I don't know if that's a complete one for one. Like I can't tell you that Black Widow, if it was released this weekend,
0: would make thirty two million in the opening weekend. That seems like yeah, a lot. You have to but, calculate how much more of a risk are people going to take to see right
2: you feel like all the people i didn't didn't see new mutants kind of were just like weren't aren't gonna go out like they're not like there's gonna be like millions of dollars worth of like other people are like yeah you know i would have gone out if this was the movie i cared about but you know it's not like i think you know a lot of the people there are a lot of people that this had nothing to do word of mouth this had much more to do with the pandemic so i i can imagine that it's probably much less than thirty two million. Um if you told me that this was gonna be thirty two million opening weekend, then I would understand that Marvel's saying, you know, we gotta push ahead. But again, I would advise them, like EJ said, that's probably not the one for one. You know, so there's probably uh like seven million is probably closer to the cap. Boy, I think there's certainly a cap through the amount of money you can make in the United States right now. Uh, just based on the you know, there aren't that many theaters that are open, but like also just the public so yeah i thought those numbers were interesting take it for what it's worth um they go to a grain of salt but yeah i mean doesn't change my stance that uh it's only i mean i wouldn't say it, it doesn't change my stance really at all that you know, i hope these movies are made available vod uh, i think it'd be a fiscally smart move and but they've got these relationships with the theater chains that they don't want to mess up so
0: unfortunate so mm-hmm. they they value amt more than the consumer oh uh, yeah because because uh, <laughs> even though the consumer is is still giving them money the the financial implications of not having the, the the financial deals with amc and the reels and all those companies are greater than even our dollar so and our health obviously so that's the conversation that's 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 being had that's that's making this difficult um yeah, like I said before, like I, I, I don't want to say it's shocking that this movie didn't do well, that it was poor in terms of creatively, but you know there was you know positive buzz leading up to it that made me think, oh well maybe this will end up being something, but uh, it was not the seven million dollar number. Obviously, that's an anemic opening weekend. But again, how many states can have even have movie theaters open? The States that do have million movie theaters open, I don't get the impression that people are. are you know banging down doors to get in so i i think that even being open doesn't really matter all that much if no one wants to go so it's going to be a conversation that these companies are gonna have to have man um like you know kendall's been on it from the beginning i jumped on board after being reluctant i am all team bod i think that's the way to go and um it's i'm buying lot <laughs> yeah buy milan i'm gonna buy it i i we are gonna buy affordable. it um and, and i will say that i am um I'm actually kind of glad that New Mutants, if, this, if it is this poor, came out in this manner. Because the X-Men franchise is so iconic that I'm kind of glad that it isn't. It's very, very, like, removed from anything that we remember of, like, the 20th century X-Men. Like, it's on a different company. It's, it came out at a totally different, weird time. Like, it's going to be very forgettable. Like, it, this was already a very much like a leap into a different stratosphere but the fact the, that, the new mutants was like blasting the movie yeah i heard he said that yeah he don't he disowns it
2: <laughs> yeah i mean not not shocking
0: yeah he said he said that he disowned it i think apparently they, they misspelled new mutants in the in the credits which is just like unbelievable to me yeah. but that's what he said so yeah yeah he he completely disowned him and i'm not surprised i mean this this is not his work i mean they they took great liberties and taking big liberties with creative art isn't always going to be isn't always bad sometimes you elevate things but um when you when you don't elevate them it just you know sours the fan base that appreciates them sours the creators who create the original art that actually got big enough and popular enough to actually become movies so uh Mm-hmm. so this is what this, yeah so exactly so this is what josh boone know yes. and and well, no one at fox anymore but this is what josh boone's got to deal with now it's uh you know again i gotta always say man shout out to uh jaylen rose it's very simple give the people what they want nobody asked for this movie i'm not saying he couldn't have been great i thought the concept of a superhero horror movie was interesting. I thought that using New Mutants to do it was weird, but I thought moving in that direction was interesting because we had seen very little in that, with the exception of Spawn and the exception of, uh, there's another one I'm forgetting, Ghost Rider. Um, so I thought, okay, that makes sense, but it, it was weird to, to for the New Mutants to have no horror elements to them at all, to, to for that to be the, the gateway to, to that aspect of filmmaking. And... You know, he took a big swing. And as uh, Kobe Bryant famously said, uh, and he was quoting someone else, you know, Babe Ruth, you swing big, you miss big. And this is a sounds like a big swing and miss. I'm happy, you know, I wish Marvel, uh, Disney would have just put it out. I would have watched it on VOD for sure. I'm not seeing this movie in a the theater at all. And um, a lot of people, I think, share the same sentiments as us. So that's going to do it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Um of course you can catch all of our shows on new generation podcast network we're on spotify apple podcast soundcloud stitcher and tune in um also make sure you check out out youtube channel New generation media like i said all of our dc fandom commentary is all on there there's eight videos so that's like like hour and a half content probably all on there make sure you guys check that out again new generation media make sure you subscribe to our channel and like those videos on there also, catch us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, and Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and on Facebook, New Generation Media, Shamari on uh, Instagram and Snapchat, MC Sham 22 You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Once again, uh, my condolences. From, for all, speaking for all of the New Generation, our condolences to the family of Chadwick Bozeman. Thank you, Chadwick. We love you and um you'll never be forgotten
1: that does it for this podcast take it easy guys peace